African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Benjamin Mushatama. Remember, if you're listening to us on DSTV, thank you for being part of our community there on uh, Channel 902. And remember, our service into the continent is on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Well, uh, I'll give you a heads up of what's happening in our program today. After our news, let's quickly move on and get our news from Anne Musa. In the headlines, South Sudan's rebel leader Rahik Machar announces he will officially return to Juba this week. Amisom calls for international support to fight Al-Shabaab and former Israeli leader Shimon Peres dismiss criticism of a Middle East crisis. A very good morning to you, I'm Anne Musam. South Sudan's rebel leader, Rahik Machar, has announced he will officially return to Juba before the end of this week to join President Silva Kiir in the formation of a transitional government of national unity. The government was expected to be formed in the first week of February, but security arrangements delayed its formation after Machar insisted that he can only go to Juba once the security team is allowed to take strategic positions, Machar elaborates. I'm ready to go to Juba. I'm just waiting for the first phase of the security arrangement being put in place. The country has no money, more or less it is broke. The running of the government and the reform process need support from the international community. Heads of state and government contributing to the African Union mission in Somalia, Amisom, have called for more military assets to be urgently delivered to Mogadishu to help with the fight against Al-Shabaab. Regional leaders attending the Djibouti summit in Somalia signed the Djibouti Declaration and called for international support in identifying and disabling funding to Al-Shabaab and other terrorist groups. They said they needed help to end the recruitment and training of foreign fighters in Somalia. Meanwhile, militant group Al-Shabaab has claimed responsibility for twin blasts in the Somali town of Beidoua that killed 17 people and injured 25 others. Police say a suicide car bomb exploded at a junction while a second blast, possibly a bomb that had been planted or a suicide bomber struck a restaurant. The blast came just two days after two massive explosions, also claimed by Al-Shabaab, killed 25 people in the capital and wounded nearly 60 others. Activities are back to normal at the universities of Pretoria and the Free State in South Africa after protests caused both institutions to close last week. The protests turned violent at times. 
The country's higher education and training minister, Bladen Zimande, is meeting with the police leadership to discuss the police's role in preventing violence and safeguarding property at universities. The leader of the EFF student command at the University of Pretoria, Kabelo Matlo Bogwane, says they won't stop their demands for transformation. Yes, we're going to continue our program of saying that Africa must fall because we are here. We are not going to go back to an, an untransformed institution. We want to go there at an institution that is transformed and that is accommodative of all the cultures and all the races of South Africa and the world. We are requesting management now to give us a table to negotiate so we can agree to disagree and argue our point. Find a way forward that we are going to use to address our issues. Of Former Israeli leader Shimon Peres has dismissed criticism over how his country has handled the Middle East crisis. He was speaking at a meeting with the South African Jewish community in Johannesburg. Israel has been widely criticized at the UN and elsewhere for its occupation of the Palestinian land, a conflict that has claimed thousands of lives. However, Peres says under the leadership of former Prime Minister Ariel Sharon, Israel moved its 25,000 settlers out of the Palestinian land. We took out by force our settlers. You know, we have had to mobilize 75,000 policemen to force them out. We spent $4 billion to build them alternative houses back home. Our army left it completely. It was in their hands. And we couldn't understand that a few days later, they started to fire rockets against women and children in Israel. We asked them, what do you want? Well, terrorized. Recapping the top story, South Sudan's rebel leader, Rehik Macha, announces he will officially return to Juba this week. MSOM calls for international support to fight al-Shabaab and former Israeli leader Shimon Peres dismisses criticism over the Middle East crisis. Hello listener, join Channel Africa in celebrating its 50th anniversary. Channel Africa is turning 50 in May this year. Join us as we move through memories of this station since 1966. Send us your contact number to include your memories in our celebrations. Email your contact to info at channelafrica.org or write to us at Channel Africa PO Box 913-103 Auckland Park, Johannesburg 2006. You can also SMS to plus 27 8233259905. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Get to know Channel Africa and all the people who bring news, views and great African entertainment. Bonjour à tous, merci encore une fois d'être sur Channel Africa. Hii ndio taarifa habari kutoka idhaa ya Kiswahili ya Channel Africa.
Johannes. You can now catch Channel Africa on DSTV Audio Bouquet, Channel 902. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. I am an African. I owe my being to the hills and the valleys, the mountains and the glades, the rivers, the deserts, the trees, the flowers, the seas, and the ever-changing seasons that define the face of our native land. My body has frozen in our frosts and in our latter-day snows. It has thawed in the warmth of our sunshine and melted in the heat of the midday sun. The crack and the rumble of the summer thunders, lashed by startling lightning, have been a cause both of trembling and of hope. The fragrances of nature have been as pleasant to us as the sight of the wild blooms of the citizens of the felt. The dramatic shapes of the dragon's back, the soil-colored waters of the Likwa, Ikreli, Lotugel, and the sands of the Kalahad have all been panels of the set on the natural stage on which we act out the foolish deeds of the theater of the day. At times, and in fear, I have wondered whether I should concede equal citizenship of our country to the leopard and the lion, the elephant and the springbok, the hyena, the black mamba, and the pestilential mosquito. A human presence among all of these a feature on the face of our native land just defined, I know that none dare challenge me when I say I am an African. This is Channel Africa, informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Benjamin Mushatama. This is African Dialogue. And remember, you are listening to us on shortwave on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa on DSTV. We're on the audio bouquet channel 902. Don't forget that you can also stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, today we start the week with the conversation looking at Mozambique, resumption of armed hostilities between Mozambican government forces and Renamo in the Tete province erupted two weeks ago, uh, displacing hundreds, some of whom fled to Malawi's um, Mwazana district. The clashes erupted not long ago after Mozambican President Philip Nusi encouraged Renamo militants to lay down their arms to be reintegrated into Mozambican society as well as into the Mozambican military or reserves. Now we have on the line uh, Bright uh, Sonjero, who is Channel Africa's news correspondent based in Mozambique, as well as Yidio Guillem Vasaraposo, who is a researcher and media consultant based in Maputo. Let me start with you, Bright. What is the current uh, situation in Mozambique currently? There is a lot of conflicting reports underway. Uh, what is actually happening there? Bright, are you there with us? Well, I think that we've... Uh, We've, I'm not sure who we've lost there, if it's a Gideo or if it's uh, Bright there who we've lost on the line. But I think Bright, you there with us? Bright, can you hear me? Bright, are you there with me? 
Well, no, Bright is not there. I think we're going to just take a quick break and still sort out those lines. But we want to just get some uh, uh, updates on what's uh, happening in that situation. We've already seen the Mozambique's government uh, really seeing at least 6,000 people to have uh, reported to have fled to Malawi from Mozambique since uh, the apparent army operations began in October 2015. And this was to disarm militias linked to Mozambique's main opposition party. Party, the Mozambique National Resistance, we also know it as uh, Renamo. Do you think that this political uh, situation in Mozambique can be sorted as? Give us your thoughts. You can SMS us your views on plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. We're actually broadcasting from Johannesburg, South Africa, trying to get someone from Maputo, also getting someone from Malawi. So we'll still try to get those lines ready for you. But hey, give us your thoughts. Do you think that they can sort out this situation? Situation in Mozambique, uh, plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. for Channel Africa Radio in Ethiopia's capital, Addis Ababa. For Channel Africa, I'm Lillian Strobach, reporting from the ICC in The Hague. Reporting for Channel Africa, I'm Hilda Kekeloa in Zambia. Our cutting-edge and hard-hitting journalism leaves no stone unturned, giving you the whole picture every time. George Muhango. Channel Africa, Blantyre. This is Lansana Fofana reporting for Channel Africa from Freetown. Reporting for Channel Africa in Harare, Zimbabwe, this is Simon Muchemwa. Reporting for Channel Africa, this is Moki Kinzeka in Yaoundi. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja, informing the world about Africa. in Lesotho. Reporting for Channel Africa, Mwaigi Konyo in Nairobi. Join us every day and know what is happening around you. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
Well, that's the voices of Kefa Semenya. You're still listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Benjamin Mushatama. The time right now is uh, 16 minutes past 11 o'clock. And remember that uh, you can listen to us live online on www.channelafrica.co.za where we want to get a bit of an update on what's happening in Mozambique. We know that there's also uh, a, a refugee crisis of uh, Mo- Mozambicans moving into uh, Malawi because of the political situation taking place there. Just to revise what I've said earlier on, that there are reports that the resumption or there is a resumption of armed hostilities between Mozambican government forces and Renamo in the Tete province and that it erupted two weeks ago, displacing hundreds, some of whom fled to Malawi's Moazana district. Now the clashes erupted not long after Mozambican President Philip Nusi encouraged Renamo militants to lay down their arms to be reintegrated into Mozambique society as well as into the Mozambique military or reserves. Now let's see if we can get our reporters and our media people in these different countries, Malawi and Mozambique, to give us an an update on what's happening politically and the humanitarian situation. Bright Sonjera, are you there with us? Bright, can you hear me? Well, I think we're having a problem with the line there. Bright can't hear me. Martin Lelemba, are you there with us from Malawi? Well, we're losing our lines there. I'm not sure what's happening today. Anything is possible with a live program. So I'm not quite sure what is uh, happening in that situation. But we're trying to get reporters outside of of South Africa, both in uh, Malawi and Mozambique, to give us a situation on the current uh, political and humanitarian situation there. Ikidio Gulemvas Raposo, are you there with us? No, we've lost him. I think we, let's see if we've got Bright Sunjera. Bright, are you there with us? No, we don't have Bright. Martin Lelemba, are you there? No, we're struggling with these lines and I'm not sure how we're going to sort it out. And hey, with this, with live radio, sometimes we have these kind of problems. So we want to know your thoughts, what you think about this political situation in um, Mozambique. We know that uh, Malawi, which once uh, battled to shelter more than a million Mozambican refugees fleeing that country's brutal civil war, has gradually found itself in the same quagmire once again. Unlike the huge numbers of refugees it hosted during the conflict between 1977 and 1992. Malawi is currently hosting what is estimated to be 6,000 Mozambicans, but the figure uh, increases on a continuous basis. Well, there's a story that we actually featured here. The number of refugees uh, from Malawi in Mozambique has risen, as I've stated. They're now at Luwani Camp in Mwanza District, close to Malawi-Mozambique uh, uh, border and we know that UN refugee agency UNHCR attributes this to the conflicting uh, fights between Renamo and uh, the Frelimo fighters. Let's see if we can get a report from uh, George Mhango that uh, gave us an update on this. I am Mahawa Kaba Wheeler, the Director for Women, Gender and Development at the African Union. Uh, happy birthday, Channel Africa. 
And uh, we are very pleased that you're celebrating your 50th birthday with us here in uh, Addis Ababa. Uh, you've played a major role in accompanying different causes around the continent. And we look forward to many, many more years with you. We look forward to your supporting our efforts in reaching out to Africa, in sharing our message of empowering more women on the continent and in fostering gender equality. So happy birthday once more, and we look forward to a very fruitful and longer relationship with you. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Now, let's look at the humanitarian situation that is taking place in Malawi. Uh, one of our reporters uh, gave us a, a very uh, comprehensive report looking at the situation. Uh, George Mhango uh, was reporting from Lilongwe. The situation is alarming and that the camp at Kapise village in Manza is becoming too small with the ever-increasing number of refugees. Malawi and Mozambican authorities are here to discuss with the refugees so they go back home. In recent years, the Lowani camp hosted over 1 million Mozambican refugees who fled from their country 16 civil war between 1977 and 1992. Malawian and UNHCR officials want urgent material and financial support to help the displaced people. But on the ground, local Malawians seem to be divided on whether to support the refugees or be sent packing. The situation in the refugee camps, they are the governments where these people are coming from, they can as well get involved. To talk about the situation of one, uh, our, our friends in Mozambique, they are not facing the same situation in Malawi. Their people are the ones who are suffering here. If the Mozambican government can work hand in hand in Malawi government to assist the people who are struggling, those are from Mozambique, I think the situation can be address as well. My name is Emmanuel Kumba. The most important thing, because we say Malayans are suffering, but also we have our colleagues who fled away from their countries. They are also suffering and we have to look each at that level and we are all humans and we also have to to have to help and we should not consider that these are refugees or Malayans but the first thing the government should declare it and then NGOs can work in to solicit some funds and also to help with it, to, to, to sort out this situation. Yeah, I'm uh, nowhere. I still think that there must be negotiations with the other governments, like the Mozambican government or the Rwandan government, to let them come in and draw in some resources to help the refugees from these two camps. I think by working together with the other governments, that can bring the situation to a good my name is Aymane Jumombo um, my views are that I think we should uh, take the people to their homes because if Malawi is feeling to feed themselves to feed the, the people of, of, of Malawi why should we bother feeding other people it's better to take them away after all um, their countries they are war free so they are supposed to go back and be fed by their, by, by their country my name is Richard Moyo as for me, I agree with my brother to say it is not good for us to be keeping Mozambicans in Malawi, yet our brothers in the very same country are suffering. The government of Mozambique is in a good position. Economically, it is sounding good, whereby it can manage to feed their own people. As for Malawians who are still starving, you can imagine currently we don't have donor support, whereby it has been our backbone to depend on donor support. 
now in this situation whereby dollar support is not around and yet we are having other people to feed on the very few resources we are having I agree with my brother to say it's better for them to go away so that Malawi can concentrate on the population we are having in Malawi which, which is starving currently. Recently, UN's World Food Program said it does not have enough funds to support nutritional support to other refugees at its Zareka camp in Doha, the central region of Malawi. What UNHCR says at the moment is that more than 2,000 Mozambicans have fled to Malawi to escape fighting between government forces and rebels in the Tete province since three weeks ago. George Mohango, Channel Africa, Lilongwe. Well, there was a report really unpacking that uh, Mozambique refugee uh, issue and uh, really there has been an estimation of uh, 6,000 refugees that have moved from uh, Mozambique into Malawi. Let's see if we can actually get our lines a little bit better this time around. Uh, We are trying to actually get into Mozambique and into Malawi. We've struggled this morning, but let's see how the situation is. Bryson Jora, are you there with us? Okay, he's not there. Gideo Gilliam Van Arapos, are you there? Yes, Egidio. Yes, yeah, fantastic. Martin Lelemba, are you there with us? Yes, I'm on the line. All right, fantastic. Egidio, give us a little bit of uh, your views here in terms of the political situation in Mozambique. We're seeing that there seems to be hostilities between Renamo and uh, we're seeing that uh, there seems to be clashes between the government and Renamo. What's happening currently in, in Mozambique? Oh, uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, and good day to all uh, Channel Africa listeners. Um, what currently is, is taking place is exactly what you, uh, you earlier mentioned. Uh, there are here and there pockets of uh, armed conflict between uh, Renamo uh, forces and the government. Uh, but uh, as to the refugee situation in, uh, uh, in Teddy province, uh, this has mainly to do with uh, government forces violence. Uh, uh, against the, uh, the people there. Why? Um, it's because uh, <coughs> the, the, the neighboring region uh, is regarded as belonging uh, under uh, uh, Renamo's influence. So this is the first. Second is that you need to know uh, that uh, during the 16-year war, uh, 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 there was very uh, important mm. uh, Renamo uh, 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 base or mm. Or, uh, so, uh, because of that, uh, uh, in an attempt of uh, forcibly uh, disarming uh, Renamo uh, uh, people, the government has sent a considerable number of troops there uh, to do that. But mm. because they are they are unsuccessful, actually, because they have no cooperation with people, because people there keep saying okay, they know almost nobody belonging to Renamo, and they would never con- collaborate, so to speak. Uh, uh, towards that uh, uh, objective, then the armed forces start touching the, their houses, mm. uh, and some of them are killed. So this is something I'm not inventing. Uh, mm. Even the local news also mm. reported yesterday, last night, uh, showing people exactly uh, uh, telling their stories. Let me move on to, to uh, Martin just quickly, just to find out the humanitarian situation in Malawi. Uh, we hear these reports that up to 6,000 um, uh, refugees are moving into <coughs> your country, Martin. What is the situation there? How is the government dealing with that? Well, uh, here in Malawi, the situation is so pathetic. I was privileged uh, over the weekend. 
I visit Kapise uh, camp, which is in Mwanza, and the Mwanza is a district that is quite bordering with Mozambique. And the, uh, this question, as I said earlier on, is very, very, very pathetic because mm. uh, these immigrants are lacking a lot of stuff. And the, mm. the challenge uh, that has been uh, observed at the camp is that I think they are lacking food and the sanitation, even all the sorts of uh, humanitarian uh, items that a human being is supposed to have. Uh, at the meantime, even though there are some other partners like uh, medicines and frontiers doctors that are coming, but it's still more, they are facing some challenges because here in Malawi, in other districts, uh, uh, in other districts, they are receiving heavy rains, mm. and the, the roads itself are passing to that particular uh, 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 area to distribute the food stuff. They are also getting some challenges, and the, the other challenges. Um, I mean, these immigrants are facing, uh, currently, both mm. governments, as you are talking about, Malawi and the Mozambique, they haven't come in to intervene uh, the situation. Mm. Uh, when I visited Katise camp in Mwanza over the weekend, I had the privilege to meet uh, 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 some doctors of uh, the medicine and frontiers. They confirmed to me that uh, right now, they are engaging the stakeholders, uh, stakeholders in the, uh, in the sense of government of Malawi, and government of Mozambique, so that they should intervene. Because, mm. the, as I said earlier on, the, these people, they are lacking uh, many, many, many uh, things. And right now, you can imagine at the Kapise uh, camp, mm. there was only one toilet that was serving about 7,000 uh, Mozambicans. Mm. And the, even though, as I said, that medicines and frontiers are doing their effort, they have also engaged other partners like uh, other institutions at least to come in advance so that I think they can provide the necessities to uh, these Mozambicans. Right mm. now, that's what I can tell you about the situation at the uh, Kapise camp mm. in the Mwanza. Well, we'll come back to you. Just stay with us, Martin. I just want to find out about uh, what's happening in Mozambique as well in terms of the response from the government from New Egidio because I've read some reports that um, the, the government is denying the refugee crisis and uh, also they're a bit not really forward about the, the conflict which is uh, underway in your country. What, what, why is the government taking that particular stance, Egidio, and are these reports uh, true? Well, um, yes, I mean, in terms of government's response and uh, stance, uh, there is an evolution because uh, since the situation has been reported uh, back in 2015, uh, it's been refused, saying, no, 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 I mean, there are no refugees in Malawi because this is normal. People keep uh, going back and forth uh, in Malawi. I mean, this is the normal uh, uh, behavior of people living within the Malawi-Mozambique boundaries. So this, uh, but uh, as the reports were uh, coming concrete and evidence produced mainly from the newspapers, uh, the government's response also has been uh, uh, smoothly uh, uh, moving from that denial to Mm. uh, actually uh, uh, acknowledging that. And because of that, uh, uh, I think three weeks ago, the Minister of Foreign Affairs went actually to Kapisi and visited those people and then uh, and, and, and left a message that, okay, the government of Mozambique is concerned with them and then uh, they will make, they will do everything in their power uh, to have uh, those Mozambicans back to, uh, uh, to, their, to, their, uh, to their homes.
Mm-hmm. But the problem uh, now is that uh, while on the one hand uh, the, the officials keep saying that okay they are preparing conditions for uh, to receive uh, those refugees, uh, on the other hand there is no uh, sort of uh, progress with regard to uh, uh, Mozambique's army behavior mm-hmm. uh, uh, towards those uh, areas where uh, 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 people are, 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 are used to live. So the, the issue now is that, okay, um, the armed forces are still uh, uh, on the field doing what they've been doing uh, since last uh, last year, mm. and people, because of that, keep uh, 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 fleeing to Malawi. Mm. Uh, but on the other hand, the government, I mean, at the executive, I keep saying that, okay, they are creating conditions uh, to receive those Mozambicans back into Mozambique. So here, uh, to my understanding, there is one only thing that needs to be done, which is uh, the government and Renamo forces come to an agreement, uh, mm. ceasefire, uh, so that there are concrete conditions uh, for, 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 for that to happen. If the uh, situation, I mean, the military situation doesn't come uh, to... Uh, 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 if there is no agreement yeah. uh, in peace between sure. Renamo and and Felimo, I mean, uh, and the government, definitely uh, refugees. I mean, no one will will die to to, to, mm. to to go back to Mozambique because mm. I mean, uh, uh, in concrete terms, the army is there. So, uh, when you're talking about uh, refugees, actually, I should, re- I should let you know that I was also a Mozambican refugee mm. for eight years. Uh, so I know concretely what's, uh, what's going on there. And uh, mm. uh, 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 unless there is truth between Renamo and, and, and the government, mm. uh, I don't think that the situation will improve, uh, despite the government keeps saying that it's creating conditions to... Mm. Uh, to welcome uh, the Mozambicans back into their homes. So, Martin, this is becoming uh, very much of a concern in terms of uh, a regional uh, perspective. Uh, Do we know anything from maybe Malawi that would we see any form of mediation process or some form of political intervention because Malawi has been affected? I know South Africa is starting to think about it as well. Well... Situation at the uh, Kapise camp, as I, uh, as I already highlighted earlier on, that uh, currently uh, some stakeholders are, uh, are meeting uh, some uh, government officials, mm. especially the, the Minister of Foreign Affairs of Malawi and their counterpart in Mozambique, so that they can intervene. I'm being told that there are those kind of reports. Uh, uh, that I think probably in two weeks' time, uh, okay. uh, some officials from Malawi will be traveling to Mozambique uh, uh, to meet their counterparts so mm. that they can discuss on the way forward on how they, they can intervene uh, on this particular uh, situation. Uh, eventually, as I said, uh, here in Malawi, you are aware that Malawi is facing hunger uh, challenges and the, the same government is failing to provide necessity to a citizen. Uh, right now, it will be quite difficult uh, for government of Malawi to intervene, like providing the uh, food uh, uh, necessity to Mozambicans. And the, there are so many challenges, I think, that I think the donor community yeah. should address uh, come in. And the, we are yet to see if that particular uh, meeting between Malawi and Mozambique will have an impact, considering that I think the, 
many people on the ground are the ones that are affected. You can imagine each and every day, thousands of uh, Mozambicans are flying mm. to Malawi. Mm. And the, we are talking about 7,000 people today. Mm. And by the end of this week, probably the figure might rise. Mm. And the, uh, uh, these are some of the challenges, I think, that other uh, uh, international uh, organizations should also focus so that I think uh, uh, these people should have at least a relief rather mm. than just staying here in Malawi without anything, lacking anything. Mm. Uh, staying with you, um, Martin, in terms of that issue of uh, having the challenges of Malawi itself, it has its own uh, uh, problems in terms of uh, poverty and issues like that. And now it has this issue of more people living coming there from Mozambique. How are the citizens and the Malawians dealing with the situation? I know in South Africa there was a social dynamic where we saw xenophobic attacks uh, uh, really affecting us, uh, especially with the migration of Zimbabweans. Uh, during that particular time. Uh, what's happening right now, uh, Martin, in terms of those social dynamics? Well, you see, this is not the first time for yeah. uh, I mean, Malawi as a country mm. to host some refugees. You recall there was also uh, some time back whereby uh, thousands or millions of people from Mozambique, they were here in Malawi. Uh, Malawi was the country they hosted, and the people in Mwanza where they are uh, having a, a, a short period uh, shelter, people are still uh, accepting them. Uh, the, uh, I noticed that some people in the nearby villages, they had to share them with some food items. Mm. The only thing I think Malawi is facing, as I said, that uh, people also don't have uh, food items. We are in the hunger, I mean, in hunger situation. So uh, the cooperation itself is there, but the only result, I think the Malawians are quite so poor, they can't, I think, sustain uh, giving them uh, enough or full support. But most people feel they are having the privileges in Manza, mm. they are getting some uh, 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 local support from the authorities in Manza. Mm. Only that, I think they cannot sustain because of the uh, hunger uh, situation in Malawi. But as a government itself, haven't had any commitment from the government. Because, as I said, uh, government was supposed to come in and the other mm. intervene, uh, providing some food, uh, some medical. Uh, because right now it's only medicines and frontiers that are providing some uh, mechanism. But it's the only challenge is that I think the, 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 the figure is now huge, 7,000 mm. mm. Mozambicans, I think, medicines itself. They cannot manage because there are some problems, like as I said, the... Uh, uh, road network is also, is also another challenge uh, mm. to reach uh, at the uh, camp in Mwanza. Mm. Well, Ikidio, as we try to wrap up the conversation, we also understand that the Secretary General of uh, Renamo Manuel Bisopo was shot in an attempted assassination as well. And also we know when it comes to uh, Renamo, there's the leaders also, we don't quite know where he is. So that political situation it seems very tense. Uh, these allegations around uh, Bisopo, are they true? And, and what dynamic do they bring into this conflict between uh, Frelimo and Renamo? Well, um, let me uh, be a bit critical here. Mm. Uh, uh, first thing you need to uh, understand is that, yes, um, all our allegations when it comes to Bishop shooting, uh, we don't know yet uh, who is really behind that. Mm. And, uh, and also the police are, are having difficulties in... Uh, in, in, in getting uh, Bisopo himself and all his aides collaborating into the investigation. So it, 
it becomes very difficult. So as to uh, the novel leader, Mr. Fonso Jakama, uh, I mean, he is in theory uh, located in the central Mozambique, in the district of Gorongosa, from where from time to time he keeps uh, um, uh, 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 talking to journalists and interviews and stuff like that. Mm. But um, as Mozambicans, we are not very much uh, 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 worried about Jakama's um, whereabouts. Uh, but we are, what we are really worried about is there should be a consensus uh, on both sides uh, and a clear decision of, of seeking peace. So this has to do with two to three uh, uh, things. First is that, okay, either the government or Renamo should uh, unilaterally uh, cease fire uh, to, uh, to, to, in order to create a conducive environment uh, for a fruitful uh, dialogue. The second is that the government and also the uh, NAMU should clearly also um, decide whether they are uh, willing to have uh, international mediation or not. Because, for example, Renamu keeps uh, proposing a lot of names. For example, uh, South Africa's President Jacob Zuma, um, the European Union, uh, United States of America. So, uh, and, and the government also is, is keeps silent with regard to those proposals. So uh, this is the second issue as well. So, And uh, most importantly, we are yet uh, to see whether uh, NAMU will really uh, uh, forcibly uh, uh, overtake uh, the problem. Mm, mm, mm. So it, it's tomorrow, as from tomorrow. So we, will all, uh, we, are, we are all uh, very um, uh, interested in in, 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 in seeing and, and uh, uh, how is Renamo going to behave as from tomorrow, March the 1st. Mm. In one or another uh, way, there's, there are two, two main issues to deal with if, we, if peace is to last in Mozambique. The first is the demilitarization. Uh, and the second one is the uh, constitutional uh, uh, amendment. Why is demilitarization. This is because as long as there is uh, um, Renamo keeps his, uh, uh, his army, uh, it will sort to it from time to time. Uh, uh, mm. Well, so, okay, um, Gideon, we, we're struggling with that line there. But let me wrap it up with you, Martin. And uh, it yeah. seems like a very complex situation politically there, as we heard from Gideon. Yeah. Um, you know, what's the way forward from your side, especially because you're looking at things from a humanitarian perspective? How do we move forward from a regional perspective as a continent? And also, we're seeing a lot of assistance from uh, international uh, non-governmental organizations. Well, uh, it's just uh, it's very unfortunate that uh, uh, I think we have heard that there have been some medication uh, uh, talk between uh, the uh, uh, opposition and the government of Mozambique so that they can intervene on the challenge. But the only challenge is that I think it is true. I think they are failing to, to, to resolve the matter. Uh, because, you see, w- w- what is happening right now is that I think those people who cast their vote, they are the ones, those uh, innocent people are the ones that are suffering. My, uh, my, my focus could be uh, African Union should intervene. Uh, you know, sometime back, uh, uh, some, uh, I mean, some leaders have, have been complaining that the African Union 
doesn't have a peace to buy. And this is a time whereby we are looking for intervention from the African Union. Even the uh, 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 banking moon should intervene because uh, I'm, I'm being told that the death rate has been also increased in Mozambique. And the, we are talking about 7,000 Mozambicans are of Malawi is hosting them. And imagine Malawi is facing some challenges. They are also hosting another 7,000 7, Mozambicans. I mean, these, are, these kind of issues are supposed to be uh, drawn by the uh, African, uh, I mean, uh, the uh, African Union. But this is the right time for African Union to intervene so that the Mozambicans should have at least peace. You recall sometime back, they had these similar challenges. Mm. So this is not the time uh, for Mozambicans should be, I mean, uh, uh, going out of their country while they had to cast the vote. No, this is not. This should be uh, a thing whereby African Union should intervene. Well, that's how we have to wrap it up. Thank you to both of our journalists there, Igidio Van Raposo, their researcher based in Maputo. Thanks as well to Martin Nelemba, a journalist based in Malawi. Thank you both for giving us your time. Thank you very much. Well, seems complicated. Do you think the situation can be resolved at any moment? And it seems uh, very, very complex indeed because it has those um, historical dynamics uh, part of uh, uh, this uh, current conflict. Give us your thoughts. Plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. Plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. Want to hear from you, or you can tweet us at uh, uh, African Dialogue or at Channel Africa One. Let's uh, move on and get our economics up. Thanks, Benjamin. I'm Wissana Matebula with your economics update. Zambia's Mopani Copper Mine is seeking to inject 1.1 billion US dollars into completing three shafts to extend the life of its operations. The mining company is focusing to increase copper production by 50% over the next eight years. CEO Johan Janssen says that even with the current weak copper price, the company will turn its operations around to becoming a top international copper producer. The new development bank hopes to approve its first batch of loans next quarter. Bank President K.V. Kamathwa speaking at a signing ceremony for the launch of the Shanghai headquarters of the bank, an infrastructure-focused lender established by BRICS emerging nations, which are Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Kamath says the bank will make one loan to each BRICS country in April, likely for green projects. Nigerian President Muhammadu Buhari says uh, the OPEC cartel needs to take action to stabilize the oil market because crude prices have fallen due to totally unacceptable levels. Nigeria is Africa's biggest oil producer, which earns around 90% of its foreign exchange earnings from crude oil exports. Buhari says uh, the current market situation in the oil industry is unsustainable and totally unacceptable. African companies are likely to launch more than a dozen initial public offerings this year. If transactions in the pipeline are concluded, they are likely to raise 3.1 billion US dollars. The projected amount to be raised will be the highest since 2010. And we go to East Africa now in Uganda, where the inflation was unchanged at 7.7% year-on-year in February compared to a month earlier. 
The January inflation figure was revised to 7.7% from 7.6% previously. And that's your economics news for now. I'll be back in an hour's time with another update. Hello, listener. Join Channel Africa in celebrating its 50th anniversary. Channel Africa is turning 50 in May this year. Join us as we move through memories of this station since 1966. Send us your contact number to include your memories in our celebrations. Email your contact to info at channelafrica.org or write to us at Channel Africa PO Box 913-103 Auckland Park, Johannesburg 2006. You can also SMS to plus 27-82-332-5905. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Now let's uh, quickly move on to our sports with feeling. In our sports update this hour, former Super Eagles coach Sunday Olise is prepared to meet Nigeria Football Federation, the NFF, in court over what they termed breach of contract. The football house is reportedly threatening to sue Olise for quitting his post as coach without prior notice. Channel Africa's Tony Ubani is in Lagos, Nigeria and filed this report. The football house is reportedly threatening to sue Olise for quitting the post as coach without prior notice. But for the two-year-old gaffer, is optimistic the court will vindicate him on the false allegations leveled against him. They said I was paid for three months, December 2015 to January 2016 and February 2016 and a half-year rent for July-December 2015. But we will see who is telling lies, Olise said. Since they are prepared to expose themselves, I will help them further. My lawyers are studying the and when we meet, we shall know who breached uh, our contractual uh, agreement. Olise further claims his eight months on the job was a lesson for him that only a holistic change is needed in Nigerian football. And the British Football Association, the BFA, immediately celebrated and expressed their confidence on the newly elected FIFA president Gianni Infantino. Our correspondent Geshem Nyati reports. The World Football Governing Body, FIFA, had suffered the worst scenarios of football administration in the last days of Sir Blatter's leadership. It all seemed there was no leadership at all. A catalogue of failures and massive corruption rocked the football headquarters in Zurich. There was a sigh of fresh air at the weekend when Gian Infantino was overwhelmingly elected the new president of FIFA. The meekly-aged Swiss lawyer who speaks five languages and former UEFA Secretary-General received strong backing from the British Football Association. Greg Dyke, the chairman of the FA and former FA chairman Lord Tresman were full of praise for Infantino's nomination. They declared FIFA was now in a safe pair of hands. Infantino's manifesto to make changes in the running of football administration is already in motion. 
He is expected to attend the 130th annual general meeting in Cardiff in the UK on Saturday. Infantino will, of course, have time to reflect on the support he received from the British Football Association. Gesho Myati, Channel Africa Sports, London. And South Africa's NetBank Cup Plus 32 kicks off on the 2nd of March with Santos taking on Mtata Bucks in Cape Town while Marisbeck United up against Black Leopards in Durban. Head of Group Sponsorship and Course Marketing at NetBank Limited, Toby Bedenhorst, says they are looking forward to seeing lower division sides taking on the, their premiership counterparts. Bedenhorst also says the Soweto Derby is the main attraction. But I'm sure the, the big derby is on everyone's uh, lips, you know, whereby Orlando Pirates will be hosting Kaiser Chiefs on Saturday, 5th of March, in the round of 32. So it's the first time in NetBank sponsorship of the NetBank Cup that will have these two Soweto Giants coming up against one another. But over and above that, we've got some various and exciting initiatives in store for the fans this year, you know, ranging from our Making Things That Really Matter Happen campaign through our NetBank Retail Business Banking Division, and then also our NetBank Center Team Search is back again in its fourth year. And also locally, a late second-half strike by substitute Muape Musonda was enough to hand Lamontville Golden Arrows a 1-0 APSA Premiership win over Platinum Stars at Chatsworth Stadium in Durban on Sunday. The win takes Clinton Larson's men to the eighth spot on the APSA Premiership lock table with 28 points from 20 matches, while Stars remain at number 5 with 34 points. And finally, with the golf news, Louis Oosthuizen has won the ISPS Honda Path International. The former Open champion closed with a round of 71 for 16 under par and a one-stroke victory for his eighth European Tour title. Nick Dye reports. It was Oosthuizen's first visit to Australia, coming on the recommendation of Ernie Els and Ian Baker Finch, who said how much he'd enjoy the late Karanyup course. He was installed as a pre-event favourite and a second round 64 showed his ability before moving into the lead into the final day. In windy conditions, it proved an edgy closing round with a three-putt to finish. He'll also put this down to being two years since his last win, despite all the good performances of last season. A storming 66 saw Alex Levy finish second with local man Jason Scrivener recording a best tour finish in third spot. Ersthazen now moves on to the WGC event at Doral, aiming to build on a top 10 finish a year ago. That's your sport news this hour. Well, that's how we wrap up the program. Thanks both to Figile and uh, Wisani for the sports and uh, the economics updates. Give us your thoughts. Do you think that the Mozambique situation, especially between Rinamo and Frelimo, will be sorted out anytime soon? Hey, it's a historical problem in the country. Plus 27796957930. We're seeing that ordinary Zimbabweans, uh, or rather not Zimbabwe, Mozambicans, I mean, are the ones who are really struggling from this particular situation. So what are your thoughts around? 
around Mozambique. Plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. That is our SMS number. You can also email us at info at channelafrica.org. Until tomorrow, God bless.